This episode of Girl Boss Radio is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code GIRLBOSS at checkout to get 10% off. And by Texture. The Texture app lets you tap into the world's most popular magazines anytime, anywhere using your smartphone or tablet. Start binge reading for free right now when you go to texture.com slash girlboss. That's T-E-X-T-U-R-E dot com slash girlboss. Girlboss Radio is also sponsored by Club W, the world's only personalized wine club. Right now, Club W is offering listeners $20 off your first order when you go to clubw.com slash girlboss. That's clubw.com slash girlboss. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Girl Boss Radio from Panoply. My name is Sophia Amoruso. I'm the founder of NastyGal.com, the author of Girl Boss, and the future author, well, I did write it already, of a book called Nasty Galaxy, which you can order today on Amazon.com. On each episode, I invite a different woman onto the show to trace the steps she took to creating her own future, what she learned, and what we can learn from her story. Today's guest is GE Vice Chair Beth Comstock. But first, Liz Carey is back on the show. She's an actor, comedian, and one of my best friends. You can find her at the Liz Carey on Instagram. We'll be talking about the highs and lows of our week, our girl boss moments, and of course, your girl boss moments. Liz, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Welcome back again. I know this has been a real, it's been a real crazy week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody had to come to my rescue. Yeah. Somebody got rear-ended by a bozo. I mean, I'll tell you what. I'm driving a rental car because my car's getting fixed and somebody, I'm actually on my way to meet Sophia and driving down sunset, somebody slams into the back of me. I have no idea what happens. I hit my head and bite through my bottom lip and it's a disaster zone. And this really hot guy comes racing out of guitar center. My instinct was to stand up and I opened up my mouth and all this blood came out of my mouth. And so he was really sweet. He was like a good Samaritan because typically, I mean, I think anybody would probably stop for somebody bleeding, but he like held me down because I wanted to get up. Not in a weird way. That sounded weird. And he was like, don't move your head. I'm going to call 911. And all my initial instinct was like, do I look cute? Because this guy's kind of cute. And I'm like, what is your problem? You just got hit by a car. Why are you worrying about your hair? So I'm like trying to do my hair. And then he goes, who should I call? And I was like, could you call Sophia, please? <laughs> it's in my phone in favorites under Sophia. Aww. A. <laughs> and so then my phone rings. <laughs> yeah. And it says Liz Carey, who's on her way to meet me. <laughs> and some man is on Liz Carey's phone and he's asking, he's not sure who he's asking for. He he's goes, like, he goes, Sophia hi, there? Liz. Is this Liz? Is this Sophia? Is Liz or Sophia there? And I was like, I'm sorry. Who's this? Um, cause you're calling from Liz's yeah. phone. And he was like, Oh, well, Liz, Liz was just rear-ended. She's okay. Her lip is bleeding, <laughs> but she wanted me to call you and let you know that she's going to be late or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, um, okay, where are you? I have no idea how you found me. So I'm, the paramedics take he told my- told me in front of Guitar Center. So. <laughs> well, they, the paramedics, like, they take it really seriously for a head injury. So they check me out and then I just see, Sophia careening down sunset with her phone. She's like stomping out of the car, like taking charge. That's who you want on the accident scene. Aww. Is I'm an is, ambulance chaser. She's good. <laughs> she's good. Yeah, um, it's like you were like space cadet. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, I think it's a big lesson. We all probably text at red lights. I don't text and drive because I have a kid. 
But I see people on the freeway. Literally, it's like they're reading a book. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to Sophia. I don't know where she is. Oh, you're right there. Oh, hey. Shout out. Uh, thank you for saving me. And she showed up with. We went to Enterprise Rent-A-Car. We went everywhere. We got it all fixed up. I haggled you up from a yeah. Toyota Corolla into a Fiat. The guy brings out a Corolla and Sophia goes, she can't roll around in that thing. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You can't like scale down from like a Jeep after getting rear-ended. That doesn't make your day any better. Well, by the way, I have Utah plates and it's so funny. So now I'm just driving around town like a complete tourist. And I'm like, I got out of the car and I feel like guys are checking me out. Not for any reason other than they're like, it's a fresh virgin from Utah. (laughs) Anywho. The emergency post care kit was. This one wanted a cigarette, so I walked down the street to a liquor store. Mm-hmm. I got re- I got a packet of rainbow cigarettes, scratch cards, and a shot of tequila. Did you do the shot at some point? No, because I thought maybe like, that might not be gonna... a great idea for the. <laughs> yeah. After, like, like, were you drinking? Like going yeah. to the hospital, like, yeah. drunk. Yeah. But um, I guess if I'm, I'll tell you this will roll into my girl boss moment later. But what's going on with you? Oh, let's see. Um, what happened in the last week? I feel I like a lot. Know. My mom came and visited. Oh, it yeah. was Mother's Day. Oh, yeah, it was Mother's Day. Oh, my friend had an art opening. Oh, yeah. In Pasadena. Went like to that. Well, I like it out the, there. At the college. Um, at Pasadena. Yeah. And had some cool phone calls. I haven't drank in 19 days now. Oh, so boring. Yeah, pretty boring. Had some meetings, you know. Can I ask how long is sobriety uh, going for? I like indefinitely. Really? I don't have any. What am I going to do? What, what am I going to do drunk? Oh, man. It's just I feel I'm like super healthy. I go home. I eat healthy food. I'm she like, does. I will say went over there. What night was I over? Oh, I don't know. Oh, man. We're All just, the time. We've turned into two little old ladies. I'm like, so Sophia made some salmon. Uh-huh. And Did I? I didn't make salmon. You made salmon and oh, kale. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I finally learned how to snap crap. Oh, yeah. We taught her how to snap crap. Jeez. That thing is set up for the 14-year-old mind. It's not um, adult friendly. It's not adult friendly. So now you can follow me on snap crap. Oh, yeah. Follow the Liz Carrie? Yeah, the Liz Carrie. On the snap crap. I'm Sophia Amoruso, obviously. So, what Donald else? Trump? Donald Rump. Donald. Donald Hump Day. Dump. Donald Dump in my pants. Donald Dump, like this whole country into the fucking ocean. Donald <laughs> duck in your face. What? What? Duck in your face? Donald don't. Donald don't. Donald won't. Donald. Don. Like, hey, Don. I mean, Don's better, but fucking Don. Hey, Don, what's going on in the Oval Office? The only person I know named Donald is a duck. Okay, to be fair, both my grandfathers are named Donald. I'm just going to put it out there right now. It's like an old school name. Donnie! Hey, Donnie! Okay. Can you imagine what he would do to the White House? I'm talking not about just politically. Oh, God. Quasi. How many columns? Italianate. Like, faux columns. Tuscan faux. Ugh, Roman, metal work. Like garbagey. Like chenille. Parent decor. Ugh. Yeah. Just so They'd bad. have like a brass yeah. gate. Like sponge paint on the walls that's brownish. Yes! Sunflowers everywhere. Oh, Cobalt blue sponging effect. Like, like an urn with like just decorative sticks in it. I love how we're so on the same page with this. <laughs> and the end of every toilet, they'd have one of those furry. Oh, and the toilets would have that blue stuff in them. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. I want to high five you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good and bad. Oh, God. He's going to ruin the decor at the White House. Oh, he's not getting in there. Not over my dead body. Not over 
Not over my dead body. Not if I can do anything about it. And guess what? I can. And you can. Yeah. Go vote, motherfuckers. Go vote. I guess it actually matters. That's Yeah, it does actually matter now. I used to not believe, and now I believe. So if you believe in me, fucking vote. Anyway, we we read our girl boss moments yeah, we every do. week. A girl boss moment's like kind of like a Hallmark moment. Hopefully they don't send us a cease and desist anytime soon. But a girl boss moment is the time <laughs> of your week that <laughs> you felt that you were the boss of your own life. That's what being a girl boss is about. It's not about being the boss of other people. It's being it's about being in control of your life. So our listeners tweet in, Instagram in their girl boss moments using hashtag girl boss moment. If you use make it plural, it's probably harder for us to find. So maybe don't make it plural. And don't send them to us as direct messages. Yeah, I was just gonna say I got a bunch of we don't look at I don't look at direct messages unless so it has to be public. Ho- yeah, and I got a bunch you have of them a last night. Profile, it won't yeah. work. So just tweet at us. You can tweet me at Sophia Maruso or at Girlboss at Girlboss. You can um, go to Girlboss Instagram, right? And put yes, their moments there. Girlboss has Instagram, okay. I have Instagram, you have Instagram. You can anywhere s- on Instagram, right underneath the day that we're putting out the podcast, because we'll read no, all can of put those. Put on your own Instagram with the hashtag. Yeah, and we'll find it. Anyway. We'll find it. Just don't DM. So we're gonna read some girl boss moments from you, our listeners. Okay. Emily McKenzie says, six hours ago, my girl oh. boss moment of the week was celebrating three years of hard work by officially moving. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know what an unofficial move is, but that's pretty official. Moving feels good sometimes. I don't want to move. But it's the first time in my life where I wasn't like looking forward to moving, I think. Moving such a pain in the Oh, butt. my gosh. Such a pain in the Donald oh Trump. Gosh. Claudia at Quitting Quince just changed the filter of my extractor fan after 2.5. I think that means two and a half years. I know, I know, but still, girl boss moment. I get it, girl. I just changed my printer ink and my computer, and I felt like I deserved a Medal of Honor. Oh, here. This is a good one. Becca Wu. At not Becca Wu, what are you, a spy, Becca? Turned my phone off and dedicated 20 minutes to a face mask and snuggling with my pup tonight. That's a good one. I like, it's good to power off your phone. Three more nights, says Casey Rose at whatever Casey of work, and I've worked 12 days in a row. Hashtag girl boss moment. That's pretty cool. That's mm-hmm. just like working through a weekend, but <laughs> do that a few more times and you'll want to kill yourself. <laughs> Megan Melville at Megan Melville had a legal boardroom meeting, asked 17 questions and never said sorry once. That's pretty cool. And I like her hashtag living like Sophia taught me. Aww. Cute. I don't think I've even said anything about not apologizing, but I do think that that's, that's a big thing. God. Sorry, just one more question. Oh, I sorry. Yeah, Excuse I do me. that a lot. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I guess that's like a thing. That's like a political yeah. thing. That women aren't supposed to do, I guess. I say sorry, like, when somebody bumps into me on the street and it's clearly their fault. I'm like, oh, sorry, I was here in your... I don't think think saying sorry makes me any less powerful. I say it to just get people off my back. Like, I'm just like, I don't care, I'll just apologize because I don't want any fucking trouble. It's not because I'm a girl, it's just because I don't have a bunch of ego about anything. Rebecca Pilzo at our Pilzo. She felt like a girl boss using FreshBooks. That's my girl boss moment for the week. Yeah. Look, somebody's using FreshBooks. That's cool. Yeah. FreshBooks loves it. FreshBooks has been like a great partner on this podcast. I like talking about them. They're not one today. They have been. Did you? FreshBooks.com. Other than your hair looking really cute, did you have a girl boss moment this week? Oh, gosh. What was my my girl boss moment is learning restraint. I mean, I think that's just been a theme, Uh knowing when to leave the party, quitting drinking, just not exploding my fears or sensitivities onto other people, but instead just being zen about stuff and letting Mm -hmm. the where they may. I think that's a stronger place to be and a better look for everybody, even 
if it's hard and you don't get to say all the things you want to say. Yeah. Do you have a girl boss moment or a girl boss lesson, Leos? Um, I do. My, I realized that when Sophia came to help me, I have a big problem with asking for help. I'm very used to doing everything myself. And I felt so uncomfortable watching her cancel out her day for me. I was like, oh, don't cancel shit. And Sophia was like, well, I'm not going to leave you sitting here on the side of the road bleeding. So I feel like my moment is it's okay to ask for help. You don't have to like do everything yourself. Oh, God. Just bleeding on Sunset Boulevard. Well, just everything. No like, problem. You know, I'm super used to just handling stuff by myself. So that's – it's okay to ask for help and, and your friends will be there for you if you have good friends. Quality, not quantity. Liz, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'll see you next week. If you guys don't know, the girlboss.com site was done on Squarespace. Squarespace is an incredibly easy platform for you to launch a beautiful website with commerce and all kinds of functionalities and make it look like you have your own engineering team in-house. Yeah. Even I can do it, which is... I have a hard time, like, just making toast, so... I know. She burnt the hamburger buns at her house last night. I did. I made burgers last night, and I almost set uh, the kitchen on fire. I tried it. I will say my website that I don't have in my... But is in my head looks professionally designed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everyone that is a real site actually mm-hmm. is professionally designed thanks to Squarespace. So if you go to squarespace.com, you can get a free domain if you sign up for a year. Which, Shush. if you don't know what a domain is, it's not your house. It's... A something.com. It's like girlboss.com. You can get a free one of those if you go to Squarespace yeah. and sign up for a year. To start your free trial site today, go to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, make sure to use the offer code girlboss to get 10% off your first purchase. That's squarespace.com. Offer code girlboss. All right, let's get on to the interview. Beth Comstock is literally reinventing the light bulb. As vice chair of General Electric, Beth runs everything from business innovation to lighting, sales, marketing, and more at the 130-year-old company that was founded by Thomas Edison. Previously, Beth worked as GE's chief marketing officer and held positions at NBC Universal as the president of Integrated Media. There, she led the company's digital efforts, including, no big deal, co-founding Hulu.com. Beth's been named one of the world's 100 most powerful women by Forbes and most powerful women by Fortune magazine. Beth, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I don't know if she told you, but I met your daughter. Yes. it was. Ex- she was so, so excited. Oh, my God. She's so sweet. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, she's, she's trying to make it as an actress, as, you, as she may have told you. So she was she very did. excited. She got to try out for a part in your new show. I know. And she was so sweet. I was like, oh, my God. What's it like having a mom like that? That must be so cool. And she was like, um, I'm an artist. Like, <laughs> that's really hard. <laughs> I don't know. really sweet. I think what she does is really hard to put yourself out there every day. Totally. And just face total constant rejection and every now and then someone gives you a shot or says you're you're it for this part but it's yeah. hard I, I couldn't do that I can imagine there's so many talented people out there after having watched 
the casting videos for the Girl Boss show, you'd think that only the people that are really great get a break. And there's so many talented people out and there. And you also um, don't, you have to look at so many different dimensions, don't you? Right? If I have too totally. many people who have brown hair, I need somebody else who looks this way, or they're all this tall, I need somebody yeah. this. I mean, it's there's so I don't think people appreciate how many dimensions go into some of these productions. Totally. And you're you started your career in media, right? I did. Yeah, I um I started my career wanting to be a television reporter. It was um, challenging, and partly because I didn't have the training for it. I studied biology when I went to college. I really wanted to be a science reporter. But what I really wanted to do was to be a health and science reporter on television. And um, I, my school didn't have that kind of training. I tried to pick up every learning. So I would just sort of show up cold for some of these auditions. And it was challenging, partly because I didn't have the training. And it was just I was starting out. But honestly, the big lesson as I look back on it, I didn't have the confidence. I didn't know what I was doing. And I wish if I were to go back in time, I would have sort of given myself a pep talk. And like, mm-hmm. you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. You know, I remember, I, some, I, you know, I wanted to do science. So someone said, well, why don't you try out for a weather person position? So I remember driving, I grew up in Virginia and driving to mm-hmm. the, you know, out, outer ends of Maryland, the eastern shore of Maryland for this weather person tryout. Okay, I, had, I don't know weather. I didn't know how it worked out. I couldn't even, I got there and I couldn't even pronounce the name of the town right. Trust me, forever since Salisbury, Maryland, I know how to say it. But at the time, I don't know what I called it. You're like Salisbury State? Exactly. And so I I hope that tape is destroyed. I never want to see it again. I'm sure it was quickly trashed. But, you know, you look back and you just think, oh, but that's part of what, that's part of learning. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever look back and think like, I can't believe I was that confident doing some of the things that you've done. I've often thought back and said similar to this, why wasn't I more confident? But at yeah. the same time, you're right. I, in the to same, even do it. <laughs> in the same vein, I, um, I worked for uh, a TV service in Richmond, Virginia, one of my first jobs, and it was behind the scenes. And I did a little bit of on camera about state government. And mm-hmm. I was convinced that I was going to go work at the local, one of the local TV stations. And it, I made it my mission to call the news director every week. I sent him a tape. Wow. I called him and he, of course, never took my call. And I found all these crafty ways to get on his radar and call. Finally, he, finally, the, you know, his office said, okay, he'll talk to you. I was so excited. Oh my gosh. He ripped me. He was like, who do you think you are? You look like oh you're God. 12 years old. Why would anyone put anyone like you on camera? Uh, and just, oh, I was so demoralized. But at the same time, I, it, it kind of did build that confidence. It was like, you know what, buddy, you don't know me. Yeah. And so when I look back at that, I think to what you said, I, I did have a bit more confidence and maybe I give myself credit. Or you maybe probably it was... like own his network now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish I'd kept his name. I yeah. wish I... Uh... You're fired! Yeah, <laughs> one of those. But uh, I, I actually did a little piece about him in my head. I call him Mr. Rant because he just uh-huh. ranted at me and I was just devastated. Devastated, but he he also Aww. he strengthened me in a way. So I actually, in some ways, kind of appreciate that that happened. Yeah. Do you consider yourself an introvert? I do, and I yeah. um I think only lately being an introvert has sort of been brought out in the open. Uh, Susan mm-hmm. Cain wrote a book a couple years ago called Quiet, and yeah. I think it's gotten a lot of, of attention. I I've been fortunate to get to know Susan, and it's really helped me think about how I see the world. And in her definition, being an introvert means you kind of go inward to conserve your energy. I think I do that. I'm also shy. And, you know, I people tend to think introversion and shy are the same thing. I don't know. To me, they're the same thing. But mm-hmm. I understand the difference. But I'm, I happen to be both of those. Uh-huh. 
How do you get over that? I mean, you have such a huge job. You're on a podcast. You're like a powerhouse. Do you have any hacks for getting over your shyness or fear of other people? Well, I think partly it's just do it. Just put yourself yeah. out there. I think for me, I had a couple of moments where I felt like I'd missed an opportunity where I was I remember at one job I had, I um, was working in media and the boss of the company was coming in and I was working for him and I looked like it was folding into the wall. I was such a wallflower. And I remember thinking, what an opportunity you missed to make a connection, to learn from this guy. And so it was sort of that moment. I'm like, okay, I got to get over this. I'm holding myself back. And so then I just set out little tiny baby steps. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go out and next time I'm going to walk up to someone like him and I'm going to introduce myself. I'm just going to put out my hand and say, hi, I'm Beth Comstock. And Is it's that the easiest way to do it? Because I've been wondering. Well, I, like, that's how I did it. I don't know. And I'll, I'll show up like, okay, I'm going to go to an event where I don't know anybody and I'm just going to find one person to say hi to. Mm-hmm. And for introverts, for us, sometimes it's it's really awkward. To me, another yeah. word for introversion is awkward. <laughs> it's just that awkward silence where you're like, yeah. hi, hi, how are it's you? It's hard to carry the energy sometimes. It is. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself an introvert? Yeah, absolutely. I stand in the corner and just kind of, I look like I might not be that friendly, but I am once you start talking to me. <laughs> but you make it a really good point. I think that was a big lesson for me to learn is that people thought I was being a snob. You're just feeling awkward and shy. And people look at you and say, you're so reserved. And they, if they mm-hmm. even remember you were there, they think you didn't want to talk to them. So this guy was like, hell no, you're not qualified to work for me. And that was a really great turning point for you. What did you do with that lesson? It was me coming to terms that after that, I remember I got a, a, at least an overture. I wouldn't say it was an offer. Hey, do you want to move to Kansas City to be on TV as a reporter? And at that time, I, I didn't feel confident and frankly, I didn't want to move there. And if I really wanted that job, I would have moved there. So that was my first lesson. How bad do you really want this? And I started to say to myself, well, what do you want to do? And I was exposed to more TV behind the scenes. And so and I, I went to work at a, a public access cable television station. And I mean, it mm-hmm. was like the movies, in, in, you know, and not in a good way. And we were doing community television, but it was hysteric. It was fun, but it was behind the scenes. So I started to appreciate what went into behind the scenes in media, and I liked it. So was the public access station kind of like Wayne's World? Yes, what was it, it was. Like? It was Wayne's so World. Cool. So totally Wayne's World before. <laughs> and it was, I mean, there was a comedy troupe. I, my big break for myself was I got to interview at the time. I don't even know if your your listeners will even know who this is, but there was a uh, activist of the time named Ralph Nader, who was an environmental yeah. activist, and I got to interview him. That was my big claim to fame. Oh, and so one day we'd be doing comedy, the next day we'd be interviewing Ralph Nader. And it wow. was what I think I learned from that was just the power of of teamwork. It was mm-hmm. people who knew nothing. We all came together and figured it out. Then through that, I was interviewed uh, for a lo- one of the local uh, networks did a uh, the lo- one of the local stations of a network did a story about our public access television station. Oh, okay. And I was interviewed and I got to know one of the producers. And I was like, you know, how do you get to work at a network? And so he gave me some tips and I just sort of followed them. Next thing I know, I'm applying for a job at NBC as a publicity person, a coordinator. Mm-hmm. It was really just getting in the foot in the door. And it was a hard assignment, a hard job to apply for. They gave me a test. It took me all day. Oh, you know, yeah. like how, what kind of shows do you watch? Who, who is the anchor of this? I mean, it was really intense. Luckily, I knew TV, but I made uh-huh. it through that. 
And then I was kind of on my way because I was at NBC News. I was in their Washington bureau. And I was in a position where I could just sit back at the edge of the newsroom and observe and learn and watch. Texture is an amazing app that I've been having so much fun with that makes it easy for you to read all of your magazines, pretty much all of your favorite magazines, I kid you not, in one place on your phone or your tablet. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like, and it's beautiful. It's super high res. It's easy to read. Um, so it's basically like putting a Kindle in your phone for magazines. And it saves you a bunch of money on magazines because magazines are expensive Oh, and now. they take up so much space. They're like, I bought a magazine the other day. It was like eight bucks. I was like, yeah. oh. So they've made it really easy for you to find the articles you care about. I don't just get to read Marie Claire and Architectural Digest. The Texture editorial team recommends content for me every day. Plus, I can dive deeper with personalized collections. The best part is that Texture is offering Girlboss Radio listeners a free trial right now when you go to texture.com slash girlboss. You'll gain immediate entry to all the top magazines, including back issues and bonus video content. Start binge reading for free right now when you go to texture.com slash girlboss. What is that, Liz? That's texture.com slash girlboss. Tell me about the trajectory from the time that you joined NBC and how that all happened for you. Well, so I joined... Or how you made it happen for yourself. Well, I joined NBC (laughs) and... um, GE's coming in to own NBC about had acquired NBC in you know recent years. They were just making changes in the in the news division, and suddenly I joined a office of five, and I became the only person. So I went from you know sort of junior person to the only person. So I got senior really fast, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of thrown into those situations. And then the next thing, I got uh, the opportunity. They were consolidating the office. They said, "You want to move to New York." For me, it was an opportunity I I couldn't say no to. The other thing just to consider is at the time, I was a young mother. I had a daughter. I was in the process of no longer having a husband. And Mm -hmm. so it was a big change to make because I was not only changing, you know, where I worked, but also ripping a four-year-old daughter, three-year-old daughter and saying, we're going to move to New York. So it was pretty daunting. Wow. And so Hulu, at what point did that come about? That could be the only thing on your resume and you'd still be really accomplished. So you co-founded Hulu. Oh, well, I, I mean, I was part of the team. It's, a, it's, yeah. yeah, but that's incredible. How did the idea for Hulu come about and how do you even put together something like a Hulu in the, in the early stages? What was it that you saw in the market? So just to give you a bit of context. So I had gone to, left NBC and gone to the, some thought the dark side, which was GE. I thought it was the bright lighted side. And then I, you know, worked my way into marketing. And then Jeff Immelt said, I'd like you to go back to NBC because there's a lot changing in the media marketplace with new digital models. Go back and help us figure out what's happening, what's next. I had established mm-hmm. myself at GE at that point as a bit of a change agent, as a bit of someone who sees, who wants to be around what's next. So I go back and I work with my colleagues I had left behind. I had changed, they had changed, but we still thought of ourselves as the same old people, which is a whole other discussion. But if if I could take you in the way back machine, this is when YouTube was just starting to emerge. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of fear in media. Oh my gosh, video, you know, there's short videos, cats playing pianos. We don't do that. (laughs) We're panicked. We're scared. And so there was a lot of fear. I led this digital team and we had to figure out, okay, how are we going to conquer our fear? What are we going to do? 
And so a group of people just got together and said, what if we created our own video service? Mm-hmm. And um, I worked with a great group of people. I mean, I can certainly not take credit for founding at all, but I was part of a great team that helped make something happen. And mm-hmm. and then we developed it. And then we said, you know, we can't do this on our own. So we went to Fox and said, we have this idea. And they said, we have that same idea. Let's do it together. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of good lessons. And uh, then we ended up going and hiring a great guy named Jason Kyler, who I, I really mean, yeah, he I've really is him. the founder. He's great. So Hulu was a company, a startup founded inside of NBC a larger and Fox. organization. Yeah, between okay. NBC That's and so Fox. And boy, did you learn a lot of lessons from that. I'm convinced if we had done it ourselves, it wouldn't have succeeded. And things like this is what I mean. Um, so mm-hmm. our team had built this amazing video player. We spent a ton of money, at the, even at the time, a lot of money. And so we hired Jason and we, here's this concept, go launch it. And we go, but we want you to use this video player. And Fox had their things. They had acquired MySpace at the time. They want you to use this. And Jason looks at this stuff and he goes, this is crap. Are you kidding? I'm not going to use that video player. That's, <laughs> oh, that's <no>. horrible. <laughs> and he went and built his own. And he was able to do that because he was a founder. It was a separate company that we were funding. And that's what I learned about that, right? There are just certain things that you need to give people the freedom to do what they think is right. And it was Mm -hmm. about a good experience. And it was about good marketing in that sense. If he had done the corporate thing, he might have had to take this really crappy video player and it never would have gotten off the ground. You know, I didn't realize that GE, where you are today, owns NBC Universal, and with a glance at your career history, it's like you've spent almost 20 years at the same, at the com- same company. I know. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to even so say those numbers. But so many different roles. Different I mean, that's, roles. That's the cool part. So that's a really, that you're the first woman who's been the vice chair at GE. You know, Beth, what does the future look like? Tell me everything. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it is a lot of uh, what I do is look at what are the new models? What's next? Where should we look at transforming? And I'd say one of the most exciting transformations is something as old as Thomas Edison, and it's the light bulb. And we're transforming. Mm-hmm. I mean, the light bulb is is turning into a basically a computer. And you're able to do all kinds of amazing things with light now, not just the light itself, but it's a communication vehicle. You can download apps through a light. I mean, none of this is happening in scale yet, but it's all about to. So think mm-hmm. of something like that. I mean, something as old as a light bulb is suddenly being reborn with mm-hmm. data and software. So you're literally reinventing the light bulb. Yes, in a city, imagine, you know, a city you, you has light lampposts and you can start to look at traffic. You can listen to sounds and hear a sound and be able to detect, is that a shotgun or is that a car backfiring? And those kind of technologies are all coming. And believe it or not, you can embed that in, in the smart part of your light. So it's those wow. kind of things that are exciting. And, so um, cool. and working a lot with startups. And um, why do we do that? Uh, sometimes we invest in them just because we believe in their business. More times than not, you want to partner mm-hmm. with somebody who's maybe trying something new that is taking different risks than you're taking, that has a different perspective. You want to learn. Mm-hmm. Why would they come and work at GE? They want access to new markets. They want to be able to go to a big customer and have GE say it's okay to work with them. So they want scale and we want new ideas and speed. So it tends to be a pretty good partnership. Let me give you a good example of one. We're working with a couple of drone companies right now. So drones, you know, are just Mm -hmm. small flying uh, air vehicles. Mm -hmm. And um, they're fun. They're also being used in really uh, important applications like um, search and rescue, 
like understanding if a railroad track is broken so the train doesn't derail. So we're working with drone, small drone startups to figure out how do we apply their technology in healthcare, in power, in railroads. So wow. we have expertise and they do, and together it's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, delivering medical stuff to people in need and in crisis and, I don't know, literally having storks drop anything from the sky. <laughs> it is kind of like that, yeah. <laughs> it is like that, and things are getting much smaller and more miniaturized. So imagine that you have a health device in your smartphone that you can take and help a midwife in Indonesia decide whether she should deliver the baby or you should send the mother to the hospital. Those wow. are the kind of things we're working on, but you can't do it alone. Often you have to partner with startups to make those things happen. What would your proudest moment be? And, you know, of those things, like how do you split up your time? Well, I think my, probably if I think of my whole career, my proudest moment would be a series of them. I mean, I think just sort of maybe going for it when it didn't look like an obvious thing to do. So mm -hmm. I um I was on a good roll. I thought I was going to build my career in media, and I got the opportunity to go to GE. It was very nontraditional. People were like, why would you do that? You work at NBC. And um, it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. Jack Welch was running the company at the time, and it was a chance. I didn't know GE from the next company, really. Mm -hmm. But it just seemed like I, I had to do it. Uh, and there have been a couple of those kind of jobs in my past. I, I had left NBC and went to CBS and Turner Broadcasting. I came back to NBC at a time when the news division was struggling. That was a, one of the best jobs ever that I've ever had even to this day. So I think for me, I've tended to just follow my gut, even when it seemingly makes no sense. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, that's what led me to get to GE. I went up to, as Jack Welch was transitioning out of leading GE and picking who his was successor. the CEO, right? He was the CEO at the time. Yeah. And then he picked um, Jeff Immelt, who's my boss, who's the CEO and chairman of GE now. And that was about um, 15 years ago that Jeff Immelt took over. And what were you doing at that time? I, uh, I went to the G side to do communications and advertising, so a very early part of marketing. And because mm -hmm. I had grown up in media, I think I had a different kind of appreciation for marketing from kind of inside the media landscape. Yeah. So I think that's why they were interested in me. What do you think about marketing or just how would you describe marketing? Because for a lot of people, marketing can be considered really creepy yeah, or like propaganda. And I find marketing just so fascinating because it everything is marketing. Design is marketing. Content is marketing. I hear that all the time. I mean, you, you hear the, the bad parts about marketing. And I think that's when marketing goes wrong. When to me, good marketing is a promise delivered. And you're trying to solve a problem, fulfill a need for somebody, and you actually do that. The experience was great. The product was great. Mm. What you thought you were getting is as good, if not better, than what you got. That's good marketing. Bad marketing is when you try to pretend it's something that it's not, and then mm -hmm. you're found out. And I don't know where in history those things, I think people just started using the word. and But you're always found out if the product mm -hmm. or the experience isn't good. And to me, it always starts with that simple question, what problem are you trying to solve? And I think that's the way marketers think. And so for me, I found myself doing in the marketing role uh, as Jeff Immelt came into GE. And it suddenly opened this door to me to say, well, I need to be in the market. And suddenly it led to this idea of, hey, change is happening outside of us. And I'm going to just immerse myself in the world outside. And next thing, you know, one thing leads to another and you start to see patterns and you see where changes and it leads you to think of marketing as innovation 
is seeing patterns, is seeing trends. And then you go, okay, now what am I going to do about this? What problems can we solve? So that's, that's in, in a long roundabout way, that's the journey that I mm-hmm. took. Who are the most inspiring marketers that you know? Whose brain do you just love to pick? I would say pretty much non-traditional kinds of people like you. I mean, what, how did you do it? I mean, you, you were very, you were very authentic, right? And so, Uh so I think, wow, you took something that was a passion and you turned it into a business and you did it your way. You were authentic. You delivered the promise that you, you made. So I, I mean, I just talked to somebody today. We're having a conversation about Beyonce. Is she a good marketer? I think she's a great marketer. I think so. And the other thing is, if I would link you and Beyonce, you're really good about bringing to life a story. You appreciate the power of story. Did you just link me and Beyonce? I did. Because I I think my whole month is made. Um. (laughs) It's a good story. You get it. You're a girl boss. What does that mean? You're a badass. You figured out a way to run a company your way. And it's true. Trying. trying. But, but I think that's another it good thing. It looks nice. Yeah. But I think trying yeah. is part of being a good brand in the sense mm-hmm. that you're always aspiring to be better. You're always aspiring for something more. You're never done. No, never, unfortunately. Do you think you'll ever retire? I don't. Speaking of being done. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, I think I'll, I won't do this version of the job forever, but I think I am curious. I'm always wanting to learn. I think mm-hmm. I always bring a market mind to everything I do, which is where's change? What's next? What are the mm-hmm. patterns? How is this relevant? Club W. What? We love Club W. And I love any kind of package on my doorstep. Club W is incredible. You take a simple six-question quiz on their site, and they will tailor the wines that are sent directly to your home And so the $13 bottles that they may send normally retail for well over $20. Good Um, deal. There's no risk. So you choose the type and quantity of bottles with no membership fee or cancellation fee and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. It's really cool. Also, they partner with local artists to design wine labels that are really pretty. So it's like opening a really beautiful, exciting package with like a custom label every time. I like Um, that. Every time you get a box. And right now, Club W is offering... Our listeners, $20 off your first order when you go to clubw.com slash girlboss. And it gets even better. I know you all hate paying for shipping, so Club W will actually pay for your shipping on orders of four bottles or more. Imagine how heavy that is. That's, That's a lot. a lot of shipping. So take something off your to-do list. Just go to clubw.com slash girlboss to get $20 off your first order now. That's clubw.com slash girlboss. I mean, I'm sure you have an incredibly busy calendar. Do you have any travel hacks? Like, Yeah, I travel a ton. Um, I uh, No days like the other, which is why I love what I do, because I'm always learning. I'm always traveling. I love to travel, which is good because I do it a lot. So mm. I never check my luggage. I have been – I have traveled wow. for up to three weeks on end in the same carry-on bag. I'm convinced if they gave Olympic medals for packing suitcases, I would at least medal. I know I would. That's pretty cool. So I, um, I'm a fierce packer. What do you wear? What are you wearing? Like, do you turn your pants inside out? I, I, well, thank goodness you can, you know, get your, sometimes you can get your stuff laundered in a hotel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wash things in the sink, but, um, but black. I'm really good at black. And usually I'm not in the same place for long. So, 
it's rare that I see the same people even this next day. So yeah, they don't know cares. that I just wore that dress yesterday. And as totally. long as, you know, I didn't yeah. slobber on myself, it's okay. As long as the hotel guy in the lobby doesn't care. Exactly. <laughs> That's like the only, like I, I do that too. Like I'll, I'll bring more stuff and then I'll just wear the same thing every day. And I know that the people in the lobby are the only people that know. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. But see, I, I consider it them. a total packing fail if I come back with something that's not worn. Oh, wow. Gamified. It's gamified. But the the, what thing, I hate yeah. is packing. I wish somebody would invent a pa- or packing robot or something because that's, I hate packing. If you have a really great assistant, they'll do that. But you have to hire one from Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. And then I have to <laughs> yeah. know what I want to wear. Anyway, it's, it's a lot. Totally. What was the best advice you've ever gotten? Um, is there like one just booming piece of advice that has echoed through your head or that you've given more than any other? My mother always hates it when I talk about this, but I, um, I, <laughs> sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. She, uh, I don't know. She might be listening. Um, when I was just starting out and my mother was a school teacher, she, you know, she stopped being a school teacher for a while and went back. She was, in fact, when I was growing up in our small town, one of the first women who went back to work after her kids were growing up. And, um, I remember her saying to me, you, you have to make sure you're, you're like doing something for yourself. Like it's important you have a job. It's important that you like have enough money to buy yourself nice underwear. Mm -hmm. And it's so silly, but it's so true. Like you have to, you have to be able to control some of your destiny yourself. And that's Mm -hmm. always what I, you know, I appreciate my mother kind of pushing me to say, you need to do something for yourself. You need to think about that. And that sort of independence that she, that gift she gave me, I've always called on that. Is there any advice that you're proud that you ignored? Well, I think a lot of times people give you advice because they're thinking about themselves and they're like, uh-huh. here's, here's, here's what I think you should do. Well, you know, it's good to hear it, but they don't know you. They don't know what you're considering. I, when I worked at CBS, I went back to NBC and, um, a lot of people told me I was crazy to do that. I, that was, it was a horrible job. I was an idiot to do it. And I can't describe why there was just a gut feeling I had to take that job. It was a, it, I had to take it. So honestly, sometimes when people tell me I shouldn't do, I can't do, mm-hmm. I'm usually like, hmm. You get excited about yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, watch me. Exactly. I'll show yeah. you, which probably isn't the best motivation. But there's uh-huh. something about that that makes me maybe more in tune to what do I really want to do. Yeah. Are you ever shocked by what you've achieved? Are you ever like, what? The, this is, you know, I just wanted to be a newscaster. <laughs> Well, I didn't set out to do what I'm doing. So it's not like I had a perfect plan and I can sit back and at the end of the day go, oh, that plan worked out. You're so brilliant. I uh-huh. I don't actually think – I think one of the things I sh- should – the advice I give others that I should take for myself is appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just look ahead and you think what you want to do next, what you haven't done. I find I don't take enough time to go, you go, girl. You did that. You did yeah. that, and I don't girl do enough moment. of that. Yeah, is that yeah. a girl boss moment? That's a girl boss moment. So I just, you know, I'm thinking of that night at your house where you had all these incredible New York women at your home, and I felt so lucky to be there, and it was a beautiful dinner. And I know Rachel Schechtman, she's going to be on this podcast, I think, next week. And I know there, that she's that wasn't the only time you guys have done that. How do you think about mentorship or networking with other women, and what has – cultivating relationships with women in varying industries done for you and personally and for your career? 
Yeah, it's such I a just, good question. I love that you've made a pro, almost like a program out of that for yourself. Yeah. And so back to what we said earlier, being more of an introvert, reserved person, networking doesn't come naturally to me. You just and, bring people to you. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, in the case of the, the party, the mm-hmm. dinner that we were at, we were to get, we were together. I mean, Rachel's very extroverted. She is. And so in some ways, like it's helpful. I'm really organized. And so she and I, I got to know her. I've, she's a great entrepreneur. She's a really great marketer. Mm-hmm. And so I just mm-hmm. got to know her and we said, you know, it'd be great. To, we, we represent different age groups, different industries. Let's bring some people together. And, and she was just so able to, do that and ask yeah. anybody. And, you know, so that was helpful to me, to be honest. Uh, She's good at asking for things. Yeah. I mean, believe it or not, sure. this is so silly, but I have a fear of holding parties and maybe you wouldn't have known it when you were <laughs> really we were together. It's back to that reserve it's thing. It's like, like a fear of clowns or something. It's like a really strange fear. Because <laughs> again, I'm like convinced no one's going to come. It's going to uh-huh. be horrible. Someone's going to get food poisoning. I think of all the stupidest things. And oh, so gosh. having a partner to do that is often helpful yeah. for me. And I do that with other people. I, I have a, a digital group I get together. I I lived, decided I love philosophy. I didn't study it in school. And so there's someone else who every now and then will have a philosophy get together. It's just a way oh, to... That's so cool. So that, that would be, I think the networking, for me, it's about learning. And it's what you're doing. It's what you say you, you love about... Move to New York. (laughs) But I think Um, if you look at it as just, I'm going to build my network and I'm going to start to rack up, you know, score of how many people are in my network, that's not going to work for you. To me, it's like, what can, what can I, wow, what can I learn from Sophia? She's amazing. She's fearless. She's badass. Oh my gosh, just can I soak that up? And you're so sweet. But it's, think of that dinner, right? It was Rebecca Minkoff and you and people like Pauline Brown who ran LVMH. I mean, the chance to learn from each other is really powerful. And so that's what networking does for me. It's Mm -hmm. just curiosity school. It's really exciting that way. I have this new thing that I'm introducing, which is just kind of fun rapid fire question segment. This is the first time I've done this, but it's pretty easy. So what is the first thing you would grab in a fire? My robe. I cannot go outside naked. What other language would you like to learn to speak? Any language. I studied French for a long time, but any language just because I think it's really good for your brain. What's your least favorite food? Peas. (laughs) If you had unlimited money, what would you buy or do? If I had limited money, I would love to be part of some sort of philanthropic movement. I think yeah. uh, I think there's a lot of need in the world, and I'd love to you think— You could solve world hunger with unlimited would, money. Yeah. <laughs> I would make sure people didn't have to eat peas. That would be part of the hunger yeah. movement. But no I, I would— No pea left behind. No pea left behind, but definitely would want <laughs> it to be applied to phil- philanthropy. Who do you admire the most? Oh, there's so many. I, I think I have to say I admire both of my daughters. I mean, it's maybe uh, it's just easy, but it's so true. They're so fearless. They're so they're so such go getters. And I wasn't what they were at their age. Oh, my God. Please make them tune into this podcast. They're so lucky. Are you a morning or night person? Total morning. I get up scary, scary early in the morning. What time? I get time? up at usually 5 a.m. Do you exercise? Uh, I'd love to do exercise every day. I did this morning, but I definitely exercise every weekend. I'm a mean kickboxer. Oh, oh nice. What's the weirdest thing you've eaten? I am in China a lot, so I think the weirdest thing I've, <laughs> okay. I've eaten maybe is something I didn't know that I was eating, mm. but uh-huh. duck's tongue. <laughs> what was your best subject in school? Writing, English. What's something that you love that most people wouldn't expect? I love really body jokes. What superpower would you like to have? Patience. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what other job would you like to have? I think I would like to be an artist. And if you could brunch with one girl boss, 
dead or alive, who would it be? Well, you, and then, um, but I, I, I would say also Gloria Steinem. I'm a big Gloria Steinem fan. Cool. Well, we're going to make one, at least one of those brunches happen. Good. I look um, forward to it. <laughs> I would love that. Beth, thank you so much for coming on Girl Boss Radio. This has been such a pleasure. Sophia, it was so fun. Lucky. Thanks for it. was really an honor. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you. All right, that was another episode of Girl Boss Radio. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with Rachel Schechtman, the founder of Story. Our producer is Shara Morris. Thanks also to Kristen Meinzer, Laura Mayer, and Andy Bowers at Panoply. And if you haven't read Girl Boss, go pick up a copy now. It's basically free on Amazon after the discount. Um, you can also buy it at nastygal.com or anywhere books are sold. You can pre-order my second book, Nasty Galaxy, on Amazon. And please go subscribe to the Girl Boss newsletter at girlboss.com. You can find me at Sophia Amoruso, S-O-P-H-I-A-A-M-O-R-U-S-O on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. You can find the Liz Carey on basically only Instagram and Snapchat. And Girlboss everywhere, Facebook, anywhere. We're everywhere, and we're getting bigger, so watch out, motherfuckers. Please let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter and Instagram at Girlboss. Our email address is info at girlboss.com. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, the Spotify app, the Google Chrome app, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating, uh, five stars, please, or comment wherever you subscribe. Thanks also to the band Faces for our theme song and my husband, Joel Jarrett, for our interstitial jam. I'm Sophia Amoruso. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.